thanks very much for joining us on The Sound Architect. It's awesome to be speaking to you. If you could introduce yourselves to our listeners. I'm Sam Estes. Michael Hovey. And we are Sonic Smiths as a company. Yeah, fantastic. Before we talk a bit more about Sonic Smiths, how about you tell us a bit about your career path in audio so far? You want to start? Yeah, I, um, I, was one of the, I started off as a guitar player years and years ago because my dad got me a Jimi Hendrix album. And it was one of those, oh, I must, I must learn how to do this. And that turned into, uh, you know, just a love of audio from there. And uh, when I was in college, I was actually like a, a classical guitar and a business major. And uh, I decided to stick with business and, and do some more of the playing outside of that. And then I got into uh, audio engineering near the end of my time there. And I went to a school out here that specializes in that. And uh, right after that, I got a job at Remote Control Productions, which is uh, Hans Zimmer's company. Oh, cool. And uh, got into uh, starting to do sampling for him for like five years. And that's where I met Sam here. Yeah. And then um, I, uh, I moved out here in 2006 from – I grew up in California, but I went to school. I did my master's degree in Boulder, Colorado, at the University of Colorado there, uh, in composition and technologies with a – Emphasis in instrumental acoustics and early film music technologies. Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a title. Um, but uh, <clears throat> I moved out here, uh, got a job immediately with Junkie XL, who's kind of this up-and-coming composer now, um, and helped him with you know some of his first early film scores and became a studio manager and had a long relationship with him. He's, he's awesome. And... Um, but while working with him, uh, Remote Control got my name and said, hey, um, we want you to come and manage our, our uh, sampling team. Okay. And so that's where I met Michael, and we worked at Remote together for a little over four years and worked on a lot of big films, then left to go work for uh, Cine Samples, and we ended up Cine Samples for a couple of years. And then after that, we went, you know what, we miss working on all the big films, and you know, we want to want to start working with composers again, and so we left and formed Sonic Smiths. Awesome. You were saying we were you were sampling for composers, so could you tell mm -hmm. us a bit more about what that involves? Sure. It's a uh, large part of it is you know when the when the film comes up, um, you know, composer wants to get a specific sound, and uh, they come to us saying, "Hey, this is you know I'm I'm thinking this and this and this. What do you have? What do you suggest?" We'll suggest a bunch of instruments, and then we'll either find the players or do it ourselves and sample in the instruments or design them um, electronically, uh, like synths and various things, to kind of create a sound for the composer for them to use. Yeah, I mean, it's anything from, like, standard sampling recording of whatever instrument just for basic playback, or it's really going to town doing heavily processing on all the stuff to create a very unique new sound. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's really a full-spectrum thing depending on what the composer's needs are. So a large part of it is us making, you know, we'll, we'll even synth underscore and, you know, run sounds under the under what they're running or writing. Um, so that way we can, you know, it's part of the smithing of sound, I guess you could say. We're music sound designers is ultimately what we are. Sampling is a portion of that. Well, that's quite an in-depth part of the process that a lot of people probably aren't aware of, especially with film composition. People probably assume that, you know, the composer just comes in and tells everyone what to do and that's it. 
Yeah. And I mean, if, if you really sit and listen to some of the instruments that are created, it's like that is not a real instrument that could, that could exist in the real world, you know? So it's how, how do you achieve that and still have it have that um, realistic sound, you know? Yeah, I get it to have that real feel, even though it's not something that's physically possible. Exactly. Cool. So is there anything that you've worked on so far that's probably your most, you know, you're most proud of? Anything you're particularly most proud of? Uh, you know, there's been a lot. Uh, my first project, big project I ever worked on was Dark Knight. Um, but ones, ones that I find like more interesting on our end that we were a lot more involved with was like uh, the second Sherlock movie. Oh, right. Nice. That was a really fun one. We did a lot of crazy sampling for that of instruments that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> yeah, like what? Uh, a bladder bass, which was this kind of stringed instrument that had a bladder. That was, right. act, that was an like a goat bladder that had to constantly bladder. be inflated. Uh, <laughs> we we sampled the octo bass, which is a full octave lower than a standard orchestral like bass. A, what sixteen foot tall bass that you have to wow. pull levers to play? Basically, uh, there's, there's a video online of us of us doing that. Um, there's the Papa Garamut, which was this massive. Giant, like imagine a giant like log drum, but it's it's not like a typical sort of log drum. It's more of a like hollowed out tree trunk <laughs> in a sense like that. So it has this wonderful low thump without much sustain. Yeah, yeah. I, there's been I, we've yeah we've we've seen. I mean that was just one project. Yeah. Um. I mean for me, uh, you know, kind of sound design and orchestra, you know, compositionally it was a small Dutch film that I did with John Cage called Blind. Um. That was one of the most rewarding projects I'd ever worked on. No, no one's really seen it over here, but um, it was. We did a lot of really cool um, manipulation, sound manipulation in that film. And um, I don't know, Inception was fun. Uh, the Dark Knight films were good. Um, I thought these right. names are just casually thrown into conversation now. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, for, for us, it's just all blur. It's just like yeah. you know, working. 12 to 16 to sometimes 72 hour days. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, we did that, huh? Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, they're all fun because they're all uniquely challenging. And, you know, it's fun working with composers who are always trying to push the boundary every time. Yeah. And because you really should be challenged and try to push the envelope, you know, or it's just some of the same old same. And that's some of the things we love to do is just experiment and try to do something new. Um, and sometimes it gets really hard. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> But, wait, you want that sound, but how can we make that sound different so it's not sounding like everything else? Um, And that's really, you know, what we strive for. And, you know, hopefully we'll never hit the limit of, yeah, (laughs) there are no more new sounds to make. (laughs) (laughs) So so are any, like, particularly the most challenging projects that you've done so far for any particular reason? I'm going to stop saying the word particular now as well. <laughs> um, I mean, challenging is, is always, they're all kind of challenging in their own way generally, unless it's just standard sampling. Because a lot of it is like, hey, I want this iconic sound. And it's, it's how, how can I get that to you? Because um, it's part of the problem of I have this idea in my head and I can't quite communicate it to you, but I need it to do this, this, and this, you know? And those those type of things I find more rewarding, and they can be the more challenging because you're trying to hone in on a very specific noise or sound or, or whatever for that, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, we we just we just uh, demoed for a project that was very difficult. We can't really talk at, about it a whole lot, but in most recent memory, that one was very difficult because we were trying something that just it just wasn't working. No. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. It's one of those like I need it completely different than everything else, but still have the same vibe, and it's just like okay. Yeah, we're, and we're, we're just kind of sitting there the entire time going, well, this might work, this may not work, and, you know, it was just, it's all experimental, and it's all good, it's just, it just ends up being, you know, sometimes very frustrating when you're, when, when you know it's not right yet, and yeah. there's just not the time to really experiment more to try to get what's right. Um, and that's really when the challenging stuff comes in, is when those deadlines approach, and you're like, yeah. we just need to deliver something, kind of a thing. I mean, that's, that's when you want to talk about challenging, that's usually the big issue. It's do this creative thing. Oh, yeah, and I need it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, so, that's the hardest part about the creative process, isn't it? It's like, oh, we need to put a deadline on it. And you're like, but, ah. <laughs> yeah, I always tell people, it's like, when you like, oh, composers, like, oh, that must be a fantastic job. I'm like, it is. However, imagine, like, having to write eight minutes of music in one day. Forced creativity is a different beast, you yeah. know? Completely different. So let's talk a bit more about Sonic Smiths. And how that, you know, where, where it originated from. How, how did you get around to founding Sonic Smiths? Frustration. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, honestly, we were, we were really tired of working for other people who, um, for lack of a better word, um, didn't have the vision that Michael and I had um, for doing things. Um, and it was more of like we, we really wanted to... I know this sounds weird, but we wanted to become the sound of Hollywood, um, where it, it, I don't want to sound pompous or anything like that. It's just more of, you know, we, we want to be the guys that composers go to, to go, I need something unique and creative for my soundtrack. I need to kind of give this thing a voice, um, as well as, you know, just helping them out in general. I mean, we, we love working with composers. We love working on films and, you know, our experience doing it for Hans and remote control team for those many years certainly gave us that drive to, to want to keep doing it. And, you know, the two years that we spent working with Cine samples, although it was good and we, we created a lot of product, it was, it's just, it's very different working in a commercial environment versus working for a private composer. Yeah. And, you know, you want to get back to, to films and, and that creative aspect we were bringing to the table with films was... Yeah. Uh, much more fulfilling because it's it's a more tangible aspect of it you know it's like oh i helped create the iconic sounds of this film and it's a fantastic film you know yeah it must be really rewarding when you get it just right and then now you can do it under your own umbrella you know yeah once once you recoup from the lack of sleep on the project then then you get that sense of yes i did it yeah because <laughs> it will just feel like a very long dream <laughs> a lot of it honestly yes <laughs> we always tell people it's it's not like you're dreaming the life not living the dream you know what i mean that tired all the time inception we were like wait what <laughs> <laughs> yeah it must have been really confusing did, did we really do it <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about the Foundry. So this is obviously something quite new that you guys have come up with. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so um, the the Foundry kind of originated out of necessity. Um, we, you know, a large part of our job was, hey, we have this patch. Can you just create it for us, recreate it for us? And we'd sit there and just kind of like, you know, everyone has their presets they go to. 
Yeah. And, you know, a large part of it is because of the time crunch of it where you just don't have the time to make sounds for yourself. And we wanted to essentially create a engine that got rid of the preset. So that way you were creating unique sounds, but you would do it quickly. And, you know, that's kind of what the, what the whole problem is and what we address with Foundry is this is a tool within contact that can create patches for you um, really quickly and real easily. And the way we do this is through directed randomization. Um, where we give a set of parameters to um, to this engine in contact, and it will create this patch based upon what you tell it. Um, so I don't know if you, I don't know how big it is there on your thing, but we have this thing called the Adjective Assignable Randomizing Engine, uh, the AARE. And essentially, what it is, is you just feed it these keywords. Um, you know, tell it if it's pitched or non-pitched, if it's a bed effect, hit, rhythm, texture, whatever. Um, simple and complex, you know, just dark, warm, breathy, horror, soft, bright, you know, distorted, whatever, and hit random, and it will generate a patch for you with um, a ton of effects on each of the, these voices. We have four voices that it, that it chooses from, and then we have this really cool XY morph pad that you can morph between all these voices, um, and you just create these amazing, like, I don't know if they hear it much at all. <laughs> but, um, you know, I can, it's, it, it's really cool because it just makes sounds, and I can just randomize the entire time, and there's always a new sound that's coming out kind of based upon those parameters that I gave it. So it's a really, really, really fast way of creating sounds from scratch. And you could stay on the surface as much as possible just by just randomizing, or you can go into each individual voice and start tweaking it like crazy. Well, so there's quite a lot of detail in there that you can go into. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a deep, dark rabbit hole if you want it to be, but it's still... It's still the the basic page is enough for the average person to just come in and create some some cool sounds very quickly. But for the tweakers out there, you can really go to town and, you know, affect the most minute little detail to tweak the sound to what you're looking for. Yeah, we've we've built in a granular synthesis engine into this. Um, We have four different filter types. We have um, 72 different body instruments it can go through. So each sound can go through a different material like brick or a dog belly or a seed <laughs> or, you know, something something that resonates. And so we're using a convolution engine in there to help change the sound there. We've got distortions, delays, rotors, and we built in this three-mode um, <clears throat> sequencer that's a, a, a step sequencer that can create these really cool, unique rhythmic patterns. It's got glitching in the sequencer. It's got gliding in the sequencer. It's got pan control, shuffle. You can change your step type. Yeah, it's just the more we go into this, the, the deeper it gets. And I'm just giving you a very surface overview. When we have, you know, you, you can do surround panning capabilities. You can route each individual voice out a different channel. I mean, it's just the list goes on and on and on what this thing can do. It sounds like it has infinite possibilities, really, of what you could. Actually- it's we actually worked out um, conservatively. The number is three point seven nine four e to the twenty second. So it's in the quintillions or something like it's, that? Yeah, it's, it's a number so big it doesn't really matter at that point, you know? Yeah, it gets ridiculous, yeah. I can definitely see it going in, into the list of plugins that take up my weekend just playing. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, 
really, who cares how many sounds you can make when you just really need just one sound. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of, that's kind of what we're trying to do with this. It's like, get you to that one sound that you need as fast as possible. I mean, it still may take you like five minutes to go in and tweak and do whatever you need to do, but it's better than spending 20 minutes going through a bunch of presets and going, oh, I like that preset and then using it. And then all of a sudden you, you're watching TV and you hear that exact same sound and you're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more heartbreaking than just like sitting there going, well, I wrote this cue and it's basically just the sound of a little bit of strings on top. And, you know, then you hear it exactly the same and it's just. <laughs> yeah, I spent hours on it and it's right there. It, it, it takes the fun away from composing, in, in our opinion. I mean, obviously we, we gravitate more towards the sonic end of composing, but, yeah. you know, it's just like, you know, part of the creativity of being a composer is creating a sound. Yeah. And that's what this does. This, this makes it a lot easier for people that either don't know how to, and I've found a lot of composers just don't know how to do musical sound design because they're so used to the standard instruments, you know, and this, this makes it a whole lot easier to just be like, oh, I have a general idea what I'm looking for. Let me click in those adjectives, and then boom, I have, you know, millions of sounds at my fingertips. Yeah, I really like the use of the adjectives because it obviously is inspired by the, the jobs you've been doing. And you get given these words and these buzzwords of what they want it to sound like. And you, yes. know, you could use this just to drum up a few variations of that kind of feel and go, right, okay, yeah, sort of, no, nah, not quite. And, you yeah. know, you could go it's through It's them. fantastic at doing a lot of cue starters, you know, wonderful textures and things like that. It's it, A lot of it, you'll create this crazy sound that you never thought you could do with this. And then, you know, you're inspired for that cue now because you have this really cool sound or pattern going on, you know. And all the all, all the sound content in this is it, obviously we generated, and it's generated from mostly organic sources. We've we've got a couple of synthetic things in there, but it's you know stuff like you know tapping on glass and then us just going to town on it. Or, yeah. I mean, there's, there's cellos and flutes and piano and a ton of guitars, and it's really all over the place. It's you know nice full spectrum. Yeah, it's it's just to give you material to start really messing around with and. Um, like, like, I mean, we have over close to 16,000 samples in this thing. And, um, it was a lot of, a lot of editing and, you know, <laughs> creating, but everything is designed. Um, so that way you can get to the sound that you need as fast as possible. Brilliant. So tell me a bit more about the, the AARE engine that you're on about. How does, how does that work exactly? Is it like just a randomizer or? Does it's, it's, it's directed. You first, you tell it um, what you're looking for as far as content, be it pitched, non-pitched, you know, a, a bed or a rhythmic element or something like that. Mm -hmm. Then you start feeding it um, generally up to four adjectives to describe the sound you're looking for. And then it will create that patch from that. So, um, and it'll create the patch by choosing these core voice sounds that are kind of categorized. Um, and then it will adjust all of the effects on each of those sounds dependent on the keyword. So if it's dark, you know, it's going to choose a dark sound to begin with, but it's not going to put like a low pass or a high pass filter on it because that wouldn't make it dark anymore. Right? No, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot, a large part of it is kind of giving keywords and saying, well, you're going to, obviously, if you want a distorted sound, chances are it's going to pull up a distortion on whatever patch it's pulling in. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of these, you know, each word here does a different thing within the engine to try to get you to that place um, that you want to get to. And then one of the things we're working on right now is a template mode. 
So that way it'll get you to that sound faster. So say you want to make a drop, like just a five-second drop, you put it into drop mode, and then you sign in a bunch of these things, then it will make that drop for you. Um, Same goes for, you know, pulses. Yeah, it's like, like, let's say you've created a patch, and you love all the sounds in it, but now you want to have that be a rise or be a drop or a pulsing pattern. You can just select that, and it'll take those uh, that patch and make it like that. So it'll it'll take those sounds and make it into a five second drop or whatever you're looking for. So that that way that way it's even helping you get to those positions faster by just getting you into a template mode, and that's something we're working on now. Um, before we really, I mean, we're still in beta right now, and we're just trying to trying to make this go as fast as possible. Before, <laughs> um, so that way you're not you're not spending most of your time futzing with sounds that you're making music. Yeah, I mean, that ends up being most of the kind of time expense rather than the yeah. writing. It's finding the sound you wanted in the first place. Exactly. And, you, I mean, especially when you're when you're in the deadline world, that cannot happen. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, it's yes, if you're doing your own creative thing, go have fun. But it's when, oh, yeah, I have to write that much music today or else. You don't want to be spending hours looking for the right patch, and I've seen that before, and it's painful to watch, you know? Yeah, or people end up going with presets, like you say, and then trying to exactly. do those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think that covers the foundry. So you're still in beta at the moment. Yeah, we're. Uh, it's 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 pretty close to being done. Um, we have a few little things we're fixing here and there, but um, yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it just seems like a never-ending process. It's just like. We just want to get this out, <laughs> like, but it's not quite right yet. <laughs> do, you, do you have a rough date, or is there a set date? It pretty much as soon as it's ready. We're, yeah. we're kind of optimistic it's going to be end of next month. Um, that's, you know, we have a few things to finish up in encoding, and that's stuff we can't control. Um, and then we, we've, we've got a, a beta team that we're, we're about to send this to, and... Hopefully they don't come back with too many bugs. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, obviously there's the Q&A time, or uh, um, QT time. Always the best part. <laughs> that we need to really work with. So, <laughs> but we, we just, we want this to be a, a really useful library for, for everybody. Um, and uh, we, 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 we love it so far. We've been using it a lot <laughs> on our projects and, um, it's it's actually sped up a lot of our time, so we, it's doing what it's supposed to do. So we're happy. Yeah, exactly. That was the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, before we wrap up, I do have one last question uh, to do with your careers. I suppose. What advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career in audio, whether it be sound design or mm-hmm. composition? Our typical answer to that is don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we, we say that with a grain of salt because um, the reality is we need good people. Um, and we need people who are passionate about what they do. And a large part of knowing this industry is knowing how kind of slow and painful it is to get to a spot. Um, and, you know, if, if people don't have that drive and they're spending all this money trying to get to the point where they want to do this, you know, sometimes it's just better to have it as a hobby. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, the best, best advice is, like, just analyze what you're doing and analyze yourself. And, you know, if this is a dream that you really want to pursue and you're passionate about it, have patience in doing it. Um, because there's nothing worse than, you know, coming right out of school or, you know, creating this one new really cool thing and then showing everyone, look, 
I'm the bomb, you know, hire me. And you're like, sitting there going, yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm going to always try and tell people like that. Like you have to be passionate regardless of what it is in, in the audio field. You have to be passionate about it because, you know, like we've worked 140 hour weeks for months at a time. So obviously if you're not into that, it's going to be a huge problem. It's, yeah. it's never like, Oh God, I hate this. It's like, Oh, this is crazy. And you come out at the end of it. Like, Oh, it was a fantastic experience because of the final product, but that doesn't happen without your dedication. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the other major thing is this is a business ultimately. I mean, as creative as you want to be, it's a business. You're delivering product in the end. You need to fulfill or, you know, whatever the producer, director, composer, whoever is paying you money, you are delivering a product. And if it's not what they want, it doesn't matter how artistic and how awesome you are, you're not delivering what they want. So always keep that in the back of your head. This is a business. I, I need to make the product. I want to be creative, but I need to make that product. And people who just want to approach this as an artist, it's, not a great thing. There, there's a, a, a famous uh, uh, talk show guy over here. He said that a, a career, a, a career in the arts is a great thing as long as you're not an artist. You know, and it's, <laughs> um, and it's very true. It's, it's that's that's really what you have to keep in mind all the time in the back of your head that this is this is a business. Yeah. I mean, like your, your final your final thing would be like obviously networking because really who you know is huge part of it because even with a fantastic skill set you may not get anywhere because you, you don't know anybody in the right fields and all of that so networking is really key with that so do whatever you can for that and then the other thing i would say that i've noticed a lot of is people not taking the opportunities that are given you know be it like oh you're at a studio and they're giving you access to certain things like oh come sit in and watch me work and a lot of people won't do that i, I don't know yeah. why because it's like it's it's better than any school could ever teach you because it's the real world, you know, professional guys working and why people don't take every little advantage they can. Yeah. I, it and, and it doesn't matter who they are. I mean, it really doesn't. I mean, you're always going to learn something from somebody, whether if it's that's an awesome way to do it or if that's the worst way to do it. You're still going to learn something. Yeah. Um, and, you still know, learn either way. And if, if you're somewhere, you know, living in some remote area in Scotland or here in the U.S. or wherever you are, Find the, the next closest person who's working in this industry and say, can I be a fly on the wall just for a day just to see what you're doing? You'd be surprised. Most people are ready and willing to, to have someone do that. You know? Yeah, and it's, you know, because sometimes people need help and they want to see if they can gel with a person in a room. And if you can just sit there and just be cool and chill and just kind of watch what they're doing and, you know, know when to ask questions and know when to shut up and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you never know what that will open up for you. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I encourage people to do is just reach out. You, I mean, most of the people in our industry are really chill and just like, yeah, sure. Why not? Come over. You know, <laughs> don't, don't email us, you know, saying, Hey, can I come over? <laughs> you got floods of emails now going, Oh yeah. You said it was cool to just come by. Right. <laughs> so Sam and Michael, thanks again. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the sound architect and we've really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, you too. It's been wonderful. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.